with the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Thursday, September 21st, 2023, the Feast of St. Ephigenia, who was a princess. St. Ephigenia was born in the first century as a princess in the royal house of Ethiopia. She was Ethiopian by birth and a pagan by birth, and the entire culture of Ethiopia was steeped in paganism. But it was St. Matthew the Evangelist who arrived in Ethiopia, and he began to evangelize the, evangelizing the people, converting many to the Catholic faith. St. Ephigenia was inspired by St. Matthew's words, and she converted to the Catholic faith and sought to consecrate herself to Almighty God. Now, St. Matthew would then later invest her with the veil, and she became a leader of a group of around 200 virgins who also wished to consecrate themselves to God. This became a proto-religious order that happened in Ethiopia. Now, King Hertakis was a newly reigning king. He desired to have St. Ephigenia as his spouse, but she refused, saying that she was married to Almighty God. Now, he sought the Apostle St. Matthew to help to persuade her. And it's kind of interesting to think in the first century, we're seeing a king and all of his subjects attending Holy Mass and who was the presider, who was the priest for the Mass? It was St. Matthew. And so St. Matthew, the next day, delivered a sermon on the nobility of marriage. And King Hertakis was then very encouraged, thinking, oh, St. Matthew, he's setting it up. He's setting up the situation. He's going to tell He's going to tell her, yeah, look how great marriage is. Nobility of marriage is so wonderful. Therefore, you should go and get married. But unexpectedly, he then stopped and emphasized the wrongness of stealing someone else's spouse. And he said then that St. Ephigenia was married to God. And so if it's wrong to steal someone's spouse in in a worldly sense, how much more to steal the spouse of God. Now, King Hertakis was then angered by St. Matthew's words, so much so that he sent a swordsman to slay the apostle, who was then martyred while kneeling before the altar. Now, King Hertakis ordered St. Ephigenia's convent to be burned to the ground as an act of revenge. But she prayed to St. Matthew for help, and the apostle intervened, causing the flames to turn against the royal palace, burning it all to the ground. And devotion to St. Ephigenia still exists today in places of the Portuguese Empire, and such as Brazil, and is considered the patron saint of African descent Catholics in Brazil. A very interesting thing. So what happened to the to St. Ephigenia, and what happened to King Hertakis? Well, King Hertakis and he ended up committing suicide, and his brother ended up being possessed by a devil. St. Ephigenia ended up dying peacefully in her old age. And so St. Ephigenia, pray, pray for, for us. us. Uh, good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Adrian. This story, it gives me a little bit of hope for you. Maybe, maybe I can be your co-pilot. Be my you know, co-pilot. In, in, my, in my desire to be a saint, mm. I will be your saintly co-pilot. And maybe, can you imagine having 
St. Matthew as a co-pilot. Like yeah, pretty he, dope. He's he's trying to he's trying to be your wingman. I think wingman is the actual yeah uh, the yeah, actual wingman. word there. Imagine having a saint being your wingman. Yeah, so you have Saint Matthew as your wingman. He's like, yeah, she's uh, gonna go be a nun. So <laughs> <laughs> so good luck. Go find someone else, dude. Yeah, look, man. Um, she's taken. By she's God, taken, bro. <laughs> it's like, well, who is he? I'm gonna fight him. Um, his name is God. What does he have that I don't have? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Yeah. So if people who are like, man, I don't know. Uh, my, my daughter's too good for these men. Um, well, if you think that, then uh, maybe you should send her off to a convent. Based? Yeah. There you go. There that's you what go. I'm going to do. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say about my sisters. I'm like, why don't you just go join a convent? Yeah, God's, God's better. Uh, at 15 past the hour, we're going to talk about Apple. Have you seen the Apple commercial? Uh, Rudy was telling Smith me. One? Yeah, the Granny Smith one? Are we talking about... Fuji apples? No, 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 no. Are we talking about? We're talking about the one you were telling me the other day. You're like, <laughs> you're like, dude. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about it at 15 past the hour. We'll save that conversation at 15 past the hour. At 30 past the hour, Bishop Strickland has given us an update on his situation um, from his own pen. So we're going to be reading that at 30 past the hour. At 45 past the hour, San Francisco is recruiting police in Texas after mm. pushing to fund the police. So we'll talk about that at 45 past the hour. Very interesting they're doing that. Alan Smith is going to be joining us in the next hour to give us a recap on his parish missions. And speaking of parish missions, I did not give a parish mission, but yesterday I was at St. John Vianney in Houston, Texas with the St. Anne Society, and they uh, I gave a talk there, and it was went really well. So praise be to God. So prayers for the St. Anne Society. And also, i got to say, that's the coolest mom's group I've ever seen in my life. Like they had tons of people and like a million events, like a million events going on. They had so much support. They were like, had a, half the women there were pregnant. The other half had newborns. And it was uh, really impressive. I, I was kind of um, unexpected. I didn't know what I was going to expect, but it was not the amount of it was, it was so well organized, too. I've never seen a mom's group so well organized, so many events. Very impressed, very impressed. So uh, praise be to God, to St. Anne's Society at St. John Vianney. And, of course, we have our Fear and Trembling Game Show coming up, so be ready to call in. But let's begin in prayer. I'm going to be praying for your intentions, whatever it is you have going on in your life. I pray especially for the healing of my grandfather's cancer. I'm praying for whatever, uh, for Emily Esserman's liver, that uh, that they figure out what's wrong with her and they are able to solve that problem. And for our friends, family, benefactors, and all those we promise to pray for, for the salvation of souls and liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh, blessed Virgin Mary, Immaculate Mother of God, who didst endure a martyrdom of love and grief, beholding the sufferings and sorrows of Jesus. Thou didst cooperate in the benefit of my redemption by thy innumerable afflictions and by offering to the Eternal Father his only begotten Son as a holocaust and victim of propitiation for my sins. I thank thee for the unspeakable love which led thee to deprive thyself of the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, true God and true man, to save me a sinner. O oh, make use of the unfailing intercession of thy sorrows with the Father and the Son, that I may steadfastly amend my life and never again crucify my loving Redeemer by new sins. Arid that, persevering till death in his grace, I may obtain eternal life through the merits of his cross and passion. Mother of love, of sorrow, and of mercy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. And now, your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Here are some of today's breaking news and stories for you. 
Two-thirds of Americans have little to no confidence in po the political system, according to a poll. Only 4% of those surveyed in a new poll by the Pew Research Center believe that the political system is working extremely or very well, while 63% express little to no confidence in the future of U.S. politics. In terms of the two political parties, 86% of the U.S. adults say that Republicans and Democrats are more focused on fighting each other rather than solving problems. And 85% of those were survey, who were surveyed said special interest groups and lobbyists have too much influence over politics. Large majorities also blame the high costs needed to run a campaign for making it difficult for good people to run for office. And Merrick Garland loses it as Congressman grills him over FBI spying on traditional Catholics. U.S. Representative Jeff Van Drew from New Jersey had a tense confrontation with U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland on Wednesday concerning the Biden administration's Department of Justice's treatment of traditional Catholics as, quote, violent extremists, unquote. Take a look at the exchange. Attorney General, through the chair, I ask you, do you agree that traditional Catholics are violent extremists? Answer I have no idea what, your, what the traditional uh, means here. The Catholics, idea, let Catholics me just, that go I to church. Your, may I answer your question? Yes, the idea no. that someone with my family background would discriminate against any religion is so outrageous, Mr. so absurd. Mr. Attorney General, it was your FBI your that did this. It was your FBI that was sending, and we have the memos, we have the emails, we're sending undercover agents into Catholic churches. Both I and the director this of the FBI the have said director that we were of the appalled. FBI have said that we were appalled by that memo. So then you agree the that they're not extremists? We were appalled by that memo. Are they extremists or not, Attorney General? I think that... Are they extremists or not, Attorney General? Everything in that memo is Are appalling. they extremists or not? I'm asking a simple question. Say no if you think that was wrong. Catholics are not extremists. No. Was anyone fired for drafting and circulating the anti-Catholic memo? You have in front of you the inspection uh, division's investigation. Just tell me yes or no, please. I don't know. We have the no answer. time. I don't know the answer to that. There okay. Do you agree that parents process. attending? Continuing the stories here, we have the Ohio Supreme Court maintains most ballot language in abortion referendum. The decision upholds most of the language in the proposed abortion rights measure, but ordered a rewrite of some terminology it said was misleading to voters. It did, however, per permit the references to, quote, unborn children, unquote, with which a pro-abortion group had not taken issue. The group had contested five other linguistic choices in the measure, with the court only ordering the rewrite of one. Now, those were some of your headlines this morning, but stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. Back to you, Adrian. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. The Gospel today comes from Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. Uh, today is also the feast of St. Matthew, considering that this is uh, St. Aphigenia and St. Matthew are linked very closely. And the Gospel today is the calling of St. Matthew. Now, I did want to read to you this. St. Bridget had a vision of what was it was like, what Matthew's experience was like. And this is what... Matthew told her. St. Matthew told St. Bridget, It was my desire at the time. I was a publican to defraud no man, and I wished to find out a way by which I might abandon that employment and cleave to God alone with my whole heart. When therefore he who loved me, even Jesus Christ, was preaching, his call was a flame of fire in my heart, and so sweet were his words unto my taste that I thought no more of riches than of straws, 
Yea, it was delightful to me to weep for joy that my God had deigned to call one of such small account, and so great a sinner as I to his grace. And as I clave unto my Lord, his burning words became fixed in my heart, and day and night I fed upon them by meditation as upon sweetest food. End quote. This is very telling. Because how many people kind of see St. Matthew as this wicked sinner who wanted to defraud men, who wanted to steal money, who was a horrible usurer, and that our Lord just came by and said, Matthew, come and follow me, and he drops everything and follows him. That kind of is what we kind of foresee it as. And some people will accuse Matthew and say, oh, yes, these, some of these apostles, they were very foolish because they heard someone call them and they just dropped everything and went. They were very naive. No, this is not the case. And this is not the case for any sinner. We have to have within our hearts at least a desire to abandon our sin. We have to set our hearts on something that will abandon our past lives. And then God will act. Then God will step in and call us to a greater life. But first, we have to have that desire. It's not enough. It's not enough to simply live our lives and pretend and think God's going to just intervene and God's going to step in and, and save the day because God desires that we participate in our salvation. He will move us. He will give us that first act of faith, hope, and charity. He'll put those movements, those theological virtues. He'll give us a little taste of those theological virtues. And then we are to then take those virtues which our Lord has planted within us and stir up in us this devotion, stir up in us this hatred for sin, this hatred for our past lives. And then and only then, God will come to us and call us to a more perfect life. And then we can think no more of riches than have straws. Then we can pray that a fire be lit within our souls and that the words of our Lord become sweet as honey. And then we can cleave unto our Lord. Let's pray that God give us his virtue today. Let's pray that God give us a hatred for our sins, that God give us a rejection of our past lives, and that he give us the grace to embrace the life of heaven, to embrace a repentance of sins, and a grace to follow our vocation. Let's pray for that today. When we come back, speaking of sins, we're going to be talking about Apple and their pagan worship. We'll be right back with more right after this. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org.
Hey, Donnie, what are the two most important things we receive at Mass? Daddy Christmas scripture. That's right. All right, one more. Who loves you the most? Jesus. That's right. Mary. That's right. <laughs> they love us too. If you don't educate your children in the faith, who will? Educate yourself and your family by listening daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And make sure to get the GRN app by logging online to grnonline.com. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Before we jump into this whole Apple story, I did want to mention Rudy's uh, clip there was cracking me up. I was laughing my head off. He was like, you would accuse me of religious discrimination? It's like, dude, yeah, that's ex- that's literally what I'm doing right now. Like, the just FBI? answer the question. <laughs> the FBI. You would say the, the FBI would... Would it be spying on U.S. citizens? No. Never. <laughs> I, I was dying. I was like, this guy, um, is he serious? Like, is pretty, he pretty sure there's many cases where that's been documented. That re- <laughs> that, that's been officially released, we know. At the very least. At the very, very least. I was absolutely mind blown. He's like, are, are we spying on traditional Catholics? I don't know what that means. What, what do you mean by that? What do you mean, traditional? Just Catholics go to church. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, I, I hesitate to report stuff like that because, you know, oftentimes it's just theater. But uh, this, is, this is important. This is one of the, the stories that actually affects Catholics. The, the government is literally spying on Catholics. It's time that, that we had a realization there's something wrong here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think uh, many people, we kind of just bury our heads in the sand and pretend that that's not happening and uh, until one day someone gets arrested, right? And then what, what are we going to do? What are yeah. we going to do? So we definitely want to make sure we keep an eye on those stories and I'm glad that people are actually bringing it up and it's kind of funny to me hearing uh, the phrase traditional Catholics said on the Senate floor. <laughs> that's kind of amusing to me. Uh, but anyway, all right, let's see. Let's talk about this clip from Apple. There is a, this whole series of clips. We'll, we'll go through it slowly and um, analyze different parts of it because different parts of it, I was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty strange that they decided to do this. And Rudy pointed out to me, and I didn't even notice this. They disabled the comments on it. They they, they released it and didn't allow people to comment on it, which is pretty telling of what they thought about what was going to be how they um, how it was going to be perceived. So uh, let's play that clip. We'll play clip one. Welcome to Apple. Welcome to Apple. Hi, I'm Tim. How is the weather coming in? Hi, I'm Tim. I'm going to do the offices already carbon neutral thing, right? Yeah, all yours. Yeah, so you see it opens up and they are all uh, scrambling about. And also, you also notice that the entire board of Apple, according to this video, is incredibly diverse. You have black people, white people, Hispanic people, uh, women. You have people who are obese. You have people. uh, It's the most diverse group ever. But then you look at the actual makeup of Apple's board, and it's not that. (laughs) So they just they just fabricated a a fake board for their for their video here to make it more seem more diverse. And it's also funny to see how because you're saying okay, they're they're ready. They're getting ready for a really really important uh, guest to come and talk to them. Who is going to be addressing the board of Apple? It has everybody freaking out, everybody scrambling. Who could it be? Uh, let's play clip two. I hope we didn't keep you waiting. Mother Nature. Mother Nature, welcome to Apple. 
How, how was the weather getting in? The weather was however I wanted it to be. Let's cut to the chase. In 2020, you promised to bring Apple's entire carbon footprint to zero by 2030. Henry David Thoreau over here said we have a profound opportunity to build a more sustainable future for the planet we share. I think our 10 o'clock said the same thing. They all did. All right. This is my third corporate responsibility gig today. So who wants to disappoint me first? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. The, the mm. line that gets me was, uh, "This is my third one today." Like, it actually, it's honestly very telling because they're basically telling you, "Yeah, this ESG stuff, this whole environmental stuff, is so prevalent. It's, it's coordinated. It's coordinated, and it's at every single company. They're addressing the every single company. We're all got to get behind it. We're all going to be addressing this, and the um, and the biggest companies in the world." Are bowing down to it like it's pretty telling how how blatant they were just going to tell us yeah we're we literally are just doing whatever the environment wants whatever that means um not to mention they anthropomorphize the environment mother nature and they make it very dramatic and they're like oh yeah mother nature showing up you know what they used to call um those uh whenever mother nature would appear to people they call them druids they'd have a uh, nymphs They'd have uh, these uh, these pagan uh, these pagan deities like an avatar, like an avatar. Hmm. Yeah, these uh, these pagan deities, these uh, these tree nymphs, these animals that would uh, manifest as as human beings, but they're actually uh, plants and animals and things like that. Very strange that they're that they're kind of promoting this idea. But here's a uh, clip three. This is also very interesting. We're also phasing out leather in our iPhone cases. What about Brando over there? They phasing you out too? Yeah, so Ugh. that part I I wanted to play because what is they pushing here? Anti-leather. Anti, they, they're pushing this idea that we got to stop uh, killing animals because uh, killing animals is yucky. We don't, want, we don't want to do that. But, I mean, Rudy will tell you, leather is superior. <laughs> it, 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 it lasts forever. It lasts forever. It's, it's literally the most perfect, uh, you know, it's the most perfect material. Um, and considering, you know, that the, the process, I think if you, there's obviously room for improvement, right? Uh, when we talk about the, the slaughter and use of animals, right? Like there was a reason why the Native Americans would use almost every single part of the animal, including the hide. It's because the animal had a lot to provide for you as a, you know, a consumer. Now, yeah, you know, maybe there's uh, industry practices that aren't very good. I can't speak to those, but I'm sure they're there. Uh, but to get rid of something wholesale, it also reminds us that they want to get rid of you eating cows in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the 2030 agendas is to uh, remove our dependence on beef because they see that the cows, they're producing too much methane. They're producing too much climate change. Uh, so really a, kind of, a, kind of insane, a, an insane tie-in to this uh, Apple commercial. Yeah, we'll play a clip for now lands in Kenya. Why? Our aim is to permanently remove carbon from the atmosphere. Yeah. What about your what? Yeah. <laughs> they literally said that. They said to permanently remove all carbon from the atmosphere. Well, there goes all the plants. There goes all life. <laughs> like that, that's it. Like they, I, I'm not sure if this is just a, a mistake or are they just admitting to us that they want to kill everybody? Because if there's zero carbon in the atmosphere... We will all be dead. 
We do. We need carbon in the atmosphere. I think that's why they disabled the comments. I think that's why they disabled <laughs> the comments. And it's, it's, I was absolutely mind blown when they, I read, I heard that. I was like, wait a second. That's not right. And I reheard it like three times. Like, no, they straight up said they want to get rid of all carbon in the atmosphere. You literally could not have life. You, they, they are endorsing the slaughter of all human life or all life for the sake of the environment. You know, I say this. I say this ironically, but not really. This is one of those kind of. I'm joking, but not. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's more carbon in the atmosphere, I mean, look at the. Uh, if we're we're to believe science, right? And every d- jot and tittle of science. Um, there was megaflora and megafauna when the climate was different. Mm-hmm. When there was a lot of uh, carbon and and different different things in the atmosphere, the plants were bigger. Isn't that beneficial to us? Wouldn't we want bigger? Flora and fauna. You know what's also interesting, as a side note, is the uh, the increase of carbon in the atmosphere. People, scientists are talking about how they can uh, harvest the carbon and make um, diamonds. Not, not diamonds, but um, they. And I'm forgetting what it is now. It's like the this material that is um, that is post- supposedly like incredibly strong, incredibly conductive. It has many many uses that they can basically funnel it and use it. For other things, and the point I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to talk about this product because I don't know anything much about it. My point simply is that human ingenuity will solve these problems. Mm. I mean, we are so creative and so intelligent as human beings that we will find a way to be able to clean that up and be able to use it in a effective way. I mean, like for instance, the main reason why we can't really do um, salinate uh, desalinate water, the seawater, is because we have energy problems. Why do we have energy problems? Because we won't use nuclear. Because we won't use nuclear power, things that we've already invented, we've already created. So we will solve the problems if we just allowed us to do the solving and not hampered it. Uh, so I think it's, that's very interesting, but we'll play the next clip. As you can see, we've innovated and retooled almost every part of our process to reduce our impact on the planet. But there's still a lot more work to do. And there's something else we wanted to share with you. You're not trying to bribe Mother Nature with apple swag. It's apple. Yeah, so what they did here is they're basically saying, that, oh, yeah, we're going to reduce our carbon footprint. We're going to use recycled material. We're going to be doing all these different things. And I just have to point out that they care more about the environment than they do about the employees and their workers. Uh, Rudy was telling me this thing about with the Chinese factories that I didn't know about. You mentioned Oh, about, yes. Um, this was an older story. Uh, Foxconn, I believe, used to be the major manufacturer for some of the Apple products. And the conditions there were horrendous for the people who were assembling these products. So much so that a lot of them wanted to take their lives and did. And so what did the company do? Did they improve the working conditions there? No. They added nets so that people wouldn't die from falling off, uh, from jumping off the uh the upper stories and then they started uh you know moving their production elsewhere wow. they would move them out in different different companies and things like that but this was in china and so by by making using recycled material and all these other things they reduce the cost for themselves and by making the packaging smaller and able to transport more in in uh, one single ship they reduce the cost for themselves by um, doing the work in chinese factories they're doing reducing the cost for themselves the whole thing it sounds to me like a giant uh, ploy 
to be able to lower the cost for themselves while making it sound like they're being virtuous. And it's pure virtue signaling. Uh, we'll play the next clip. I want to see you do more of this. You will. When? By 2030, all Apple devices will have a net zero climate impact. All of them? All of them. They better. They will. Or else. Or else. Yeah, there you go. They're like, they better. Or else. It's like, well, are they better or what? Or what? Mother Nature's going to come and be angry at us? Or your crops. Did you see what I did to the Aztecs? I ruined their crops. Dude, it's, it, it's mind-blowing. Because they, they literally think that if they don't do this, Mother Nature's going to be mad at them. Mother Nature's <laughs> going to do something to them. Like, as if Mother Nature is a real thing that can actually uh, have a mind, have a, have a soul. There is, no, there is no such thing as Mother Nature. Only in an analogous way can we talk about that. And also, you did hear them admit to Agenda 2030. So mm. everyone talks about Agenda 2030, and they think it's a conspiracy theory, even though every company and every major government release official statements about it, and it's not some hidden thing it's out in the public and yet people still think oh that's a conspiracy theory uh, but let's play that last clip good see you next year <sighs> don't disappoint your mother hmm. Hmm. yeah so there you go they don't disappoint your mother they say don't disappoint your mother and they say good we'll be back next year as and what do we see here we see this pagan worship of mother earth and two it's an admonition of the ESG. It's an admonition that these environmentalists control all these major companies. And so I think that's something that we have to keep in mind, something that we have to be aware of. Whenever we see these things, it's a massive media manipulation. The good news is most people are not buying it. Uh, when we come back, New York City residents are blocking migrants from entering the city. That's interesting. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helps them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue. You're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for vocations to the priesthood. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for priestly vocations? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Hey, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. The Shrine of Virgin of Flowers, whose name traveled to Mars with NASA, was desecrated. 
The assailants entered neatly, forcing open the grating on a sacristy window. From there, they entered the church, where they desecrated the tabernacle and the image of the Virgin. In addition to leaving the consecrated hosts, or blessed Lord, that were reserved in the tabernacle scattered on the floor, the thieves took a shaborum and the mantle of the Virgin of the Child Jesus that is part of the image of the Virgin of Flowers, which is kept in an alcove with tempered glass. Now, some collection boxes of the faithful deposit where the faithful deposit their alms were also broken into. The name of the Virgin of Flor Flores has gone beyond diocesan and devotion in Malga in a particular way, as it was among the 150,000 references of life on Earth that were placed aboard NASA's Perseverance probe that was sent to Mars in 2020. Please pray in reparation for this desecration. And lastly, Michigan's top court won't revive Flint water charges against seven key figures. The Michigan Supreme Court rejected a last-chance effort to revive criminal charges against seven people in the Flint water scandal, waving away an appeal by prosecutors who have desperately tried to get around a 2022 decision that gutted the cases. The Attorney General's office uh, used an unconventional tool, a one-judge grand jury, to hear evidence and return indictments against nine people, including former Governor Rick Snyder, but the Supreme Court last year said the process was unconstitutional and struck it down uh, and said the charges were invalid. Now, si since 2016, there's been a bipartisan effort to hold people criminally responsible for Flint's water disaster, but there have been no felony convictions or jail sentences. Seven people pleaded no contest to misdemeanors that were later scrubbed from the records. And those are all your headlines this morning. May God bless all of your holy efforts today. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. You know, before I jump into, uh, there's a couple stories I want to see, but I just saw this story, and I think you'll really like this, Rudy. I just, I think you'll really like. Lay it on me. So, the Flying Saucer Pie Company. Have you ever heard of them? Mm, no. Flying Saucer Pie Company. I don't know if it's a chain or not. It's really popular in Houston. It's a Houston. Really? Yeah. I've never seen it before. Really? Yeah, they're really good pies. Uh, you should definitely go and get some. I highly recommend. They put out this post of a receipt, and it says, um, it, you see the receipt, someone's bought a pie, it has subtotal, local tax, and then total, credit card sale, yada, yada, and they said, then they put out, hmm, this is what our receipt looks like. Do y'all notice anything missing? We have no tip option. Hmm. Why? Because it's our job to pay our staff, not our customers. <laughs> Coming from someone that waited tables in college and has been in service industry my entire life, Tip culture has gotten way out of hand. Here at Flying Saucer Pies, we reject the idea that our customers are responsible for supplementing our payroll. Y'all have a great day, and don't forget to come by and see us. So there you go. Uh, praise be to God at Flying Saucer Pie Company. That's pretty. I'm honestly, I'm thinking about like just going to go get a pie just because of that now. Um, because there you go, there you go. I hate tip culture. I despise it with a passion. It's like the, one of the only things that I liked about being in Europe. Actually, there's a lot of things I like about being in Europe. But one of the things I liked about being in Europe was that no tipping. Just pay them more and charge me more. If you want to do, if you want me to do it, then just pay, make me pay more, and we'll settle out of that. Uh, but there, there you go. So hopefully, other companies follow suit. And they had really good feedback. Like they had only two people dislike the dislike it. Now, if you like that story, I'm just going to flip the screen over here and you just uh, leave, leave a, a gratuity there. I'm going to look away, look away <laughs> while you do that. Oh, only 15 cents. Oh, okay, mm. I see. Uh, I hate when they do that. That just drives me nuts. <laughs> Can you walk away at least? Yeah, they just stare <laughs> at you like, so are you going to leave a tip? 
no, no, <laughs> I'm not leaving a tip for you grabbing me a cup of coffee. Uh, gee whiz. So anyway, uh, that's a side note. I just saw that right now, and I was like, uh, I think Rudy would like that Major story. dub. Yeah, major dub. I love that story. Another quick story that I want to cover real quick is this clip eight here. New York City residents blocking migrants from entering the city. We'll play this, uh, this quick clip for you news on Staten Island. A large group of residents are blocking a bus that's carrying migrants. This is happening on Father Capadano Boulevard and Midland Avenue in Midland Beach. Several police units were called in to respond to the crowds blocking traffic. We are working to get more information from the police tonight. We'll bring you any updates as soon as we get them. Yeah, so that was a very quick clip. And the one thing that I thought was interesting as a side note as well, and there are a lot of side notes today, is Father Capadano Street? That's Based. pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But uh, this is very interesting. They, one of the people who, in the video, if you were able to see the video, one of the people was holding up a sign that said, Socialism is the enemy of the free people. Only legal immigrants welcome. Hmm. And I thought that was very interesting. It's, we're seeing more and more people in the North, in the Northeast, in the Midwest, and in California, even in the West, realizing Illegal immigration is not the uh, the great boon that they think it is. It's not this great, wonderful thing. Um, and just like the sign the person holding the sign, I'm fine with legal immigrants. The problem is people who break our laws. I want our laws to be enforced. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. I think it's a pretty pretty fair request to ask people. Now, finally, we'll get into the story I actually wanted to talk about. Those are just kind of side notes. Um, an update from Bishop Strickland on his apostolic visitation. Now, his this update, he released this letter. I was very, very encouraged by it. He says, Dear flock of the Diocese of Tyler. Now, I think it's funny because um, everybody and all faithful Catholics around uh, the United States are waiting on bated breath for Bishop Strickland's uh, statement. He's, uh, and he addresses his, his family in Tyler. He says, I realize you may have heard information about me that is concerning and possibly confusing. See, he, he's like, he's telling, uh, this is his what's concerning us section. Uh, <laughs> he said, I thought it would be good for you to hear directly from me. Hopefully I can alleviate some concerns and clarify any confusion. As you probably know, there was an apostolic visitation the diocese conducted the week of June 19th and 24th. Bishop Kinnans, K- 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 I don't know how to say his name, uh, retired from Tuscan in Arizona and Bishop Sullivan from Camden, New Jersey, spent the net week interviewing various people about the condition of the diocese, included by interviewing me. I have not heard from any church official from Rome since the visitation concluded on June 24th. I was not given a reason for the visitation, and I have not received any report since. I have said publicly that I cannot resign as Bishop of Tyler, because that would be me abandoning the flock, and I was given charge by Pope Benedict XVI, I have also said that I will respect the authority of Pope Francis if he removes me from the office as Bishop of Tyler. Now, notice here, he's saying two things. I will not resign, but if they order me to leave, if they force me to leave, they fire me, basically, then I will obviously respect the authority and leave. He goes on. Last week, an article was published on a website called The Pillar. And the article alleged that a meeting was held with Pope Francis where some of the members of the Congregation of Bishops recommended that I be encouraged to resign as Bishop of Tyler. Let me be clear that I have received no communication from Rome regarding this. At this point, it is simply an article discussing supposed leaked information from the Vatican. I said publicly, and I just read that, 
I have also said that I respect the Pope Francis' authority. I, I love Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church, which he established. My only desire is to speak his truth and live God's will to the best of my ability. In closing, let me share my profound gratitude for the support and prayers that so many of you have expressed to me. I continue to love serving as your shepherd, and thankfully during all of this time, I have been able to visit many of your parishes and celebrate our Catholic faith with you. I am blessed in my personal prayer in which I feel very close to the Lord and supported by the Blessed Virgin Mary and all the saints. Your prayers are a tremendous support as well. I am at peace with whatever the Lord calls me for, whatever the Lord's call for me is. Let us continue to pray for Pope Francis, the church, and the Diocese of Tyler that we call home. God bless you and all who are dear to me. Sincerely, in Christ's name, the Most Reverend Joseph Strickland, Bishop of Tyler. So thank you very much to His Excellency Bishop Strickland for addressing his flock in a very direct and clear way. And so he's very clearly, now we know, Bishop Strickland has not received any um, message from Rome personally, and that these are, so far, have not been substantiated as real a real thing that's happening. Uh, which tells me, and honestly, the Pillar does a really good job at reporting. I have some issues with the Pillar, uh, but they honestly do really great reporting. They, they, they pretty much mostly uh, dot their I's and cross their T's. And so I wouldn't, I'm not... I don't actually doubt that this is true. I think this is probably true of what the pillar is reporting. Here's what I think is going to be a result of this. I think that the backlash may end up working and they may end up doing nothing because they realize how many Americans, how many Catholics in America have stood up for Bishop Strickland. And if, and this is before anything has even happened. This is only when rumors have started to swirl. So how much more support and how much more backlash will Rome get if he's actually removed? And I think, I hope, and I pray, and I think that this will actually cause them to not take any action. And then many people will come back and report, see, this was unsubstantiated rumors, and this was never going to happen, they were never going to do this. Uh, I don't think so. I am fairly certain that the pillar reporting is accurate. And that this is definitely a real conversation that was happening, but that they are probably going to stand down and stand by for now. So let's pray for, let's take Bishop Strickland's advice, pray for Pope Francis, the church, and the Diocese of Tyler. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question if you're a non-Catholic friend. Was the Catholic Church in existence as far back as the first three centuries? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, baseball. In September 1845, the New York Knickerbocker Baseball Club was formally established and called baseball. Rules were set included the diamond-shaped infield, foul lines, and the three-strike rule. But seven years before that, in 1775, that game was already being played on schoolyards well before it was ever called baseball. Secondly, the Apostolic Father such as Tertullian, Clement, St. Ignatius, all wrote before 215 A.D. about the authority of the local bishop. And they used the name, the Catholic Church, which already had the liturgy, the Eucharist, the readings, the relics, a hierarchy, and jurisdiction. And thirdly, my take. To fishermen, a dolphin was just a big fish until they were termed dolphins. But they were always dolphins. And baseball was baseball well before it was termed baseball. And you will love this. The early church was the Catholic Church well before Constantine the Great, the Nicene Creed, and your church history book. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to say some prayers for the souls in purgatory. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed often for those in purgatory? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. You know, a story that I see, I'm, I'm surprisingly seeing more and more people talk about it. It's kind of funny. And not a funny in a ha-ha way, but more funny as in that's kind of strange. Because I was um, driving into work the other day, and I saw the giant billboard of uh, the surrogacy thing, and I talked about it on the show. And then that later that day... I started seeing people post about surrogacy, started people doing videos on surrogacy. And I was like, look, everyone listens to Catholic Drive Time Show. That's what it is. Uh, no, no, of course not. But I, I was honestly thinking, I was thinking, what's in the water right now that everybody is now readdressing the surrogacy thing? And this old video popped up that I wanted to play because it is a, it, it's very telling about the surrogacy issue. And I think that it's, um, it's something that many people have not really been aware of the situation. Like people think that the um, that the surrogacy problem is no big deal. They think that the surrogacy problem is, is something that is very is not is not the biggest issue. But I am trying to say that this is a real issue. It's a real problem, and people are going to be able to see it when they realize. The way people talk about it, when you realize that these problems are are more serious because you just see the objectification of women when you see it. Uh, but I'll let you listen to it from these two sodomites. Uh, we'll play that clip. It's our beautiful egg donor. Um, so we wanted her to have lovely big eyes. I wanted her to have really thick hair because I've had two hair transplants. <laughs> I wanted her to have a really wide, nice smile and just look like a kind person. Yeah, and we wanted her to be creative because we love the arts. Yeah. So how it works is you join up with an egg donor agency and you literally go through thousands. That's what Stuart did. That's what I did. I went through thousands, thousands, thousands. I shortlisted them, sent them to Francis and yeah. let him decide. And then we had, I had three or four in front of me and then we had a few Zoom calls with a ones that we liked and then the yeah. first egg donor let us down fuming so second donor let us down oh, yeah. fuming. fuming and then by the third we literally found her and i was like oh she's incredible and when we got on the zoom call we were like oh be calm God. play You're it so down beautiful. don't be too keen um and, and look, luckily she said yes and this is the result yeah. <laughs> so this is how yep yep so that's how the whole surrogacy thing works that's how it works. They get a magazine, they get a catalog, and they flip through the catalog and like, oh, she's kind of ugly. Mm, uh, she's a, she's kind of pretty. I think I would want her to have have her my kid have her genes. Uh, maybe not. I don't like her nose. Uh, let's see. And then they come in. And they're like, oh, they interview him. Mm, she kind of has these bad habits. You know, I don't want my kid to have those habits. Uh, we'll pass. We'll pass. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the slave auctions, where they have like the slaves lined up. And they're like looking at them, like, "Oh, that slave! Uh, he looks, uh, he looks strong. He could do some good work on the on the fields." And then you look at the other slave. He's like, "Oh, he's cheaper, but uh, he probably will probably get what ten years out of him." 
uh, that's kind of the the feeling I got when I was listening to these sodomites talk about uh, buying a woman's a womb, renting a woman's womb, and then purchasing her baby. That that's what it sounds like to me. That's what it feels like. And it is absolutely tragic to see these uh, sodomites have that child now. This child who is going to be uh, abused and be like, oh, you don't know that. Well, I'm not saying that they're going to be physically abused. I don't know. I have no clue. I'm not saying they're going to be any, that there's going to be any physical damage to them. I have no clue. But by being raised by sodomites, you're getting psychological abuse just necessarily because it's unnatural. It's disordered. Uh, two sodomites should not be allowed to raise children. This was not something that was ever allowed in the history of humanity. Better yet, the church. This is something that is being forced upon us, and we see it in, in Europe and many uh, insurance plans in, in America. Uh, they, will, they, will do, they will give you a fertility treatment if you are infertile. And in, in, the, in England and Britain, if you are infertile for two years, if you can't conceive a child after quote-unquote unprotected sex for two years, then the U.K. government will give you uh, fertility treatment, and obviously one of the things they do is they'll pay for your IVF, which is bad, but we don't want to support that. But the idea here is that they have an issue. There's something wrong with them, and so the government has a vested interest in families, so they're going to subsidize you having kids. Sodomites uh, throughout Britain have been protesting and suing the government, saying that they are being um, discriminated against, that they should also receive fertility treatment. They're not infertile. They're just sodomites. You can't have kids. It's biologically impossible. That's not, that's not a fertility problem. There are real people with real fertility problems that are suffering who desire to have kids and they can't. And then these people who are just saying that they are owed children, they are owed kids because they want one, because they want to buy a kid and they can't afford one. So they're saying, hey, government, buy us a kid. Help us get a surrogate. Help us use IVF. You don't have a fertility problem. You're just sodomites, and sodomites can't have kids. That's simply biologically true. That's like getting mad because you planted a seed in concrete, and the concrete won't grow anything. And you're like, oh, this concrete is discriminating against the seed. No. It just doesn't do that. That's not how it works. This is very bad. And we need more and more people. I'm glad to see so many people out speaking out against surrogacy, but it's not enough. We need more and more people to be sounding the horn that this is bad, that this is very bad news, and it's going to get worse if we do not stand up and shut it down as soon as possible. We cannot allow it. We can't allow it for straight couples either. We can't allow it for heterosexuals, for normal people. And normal people should not be allowed to have surrogacy either, but it's even worse when it's sodomites. This is something that we have to ban outright, completely, and totally. Now, I want to move over to talk about this. San Francisco, speaking of, um, of gays, of sodomites, right? San Francisco, uh, recruiting cops in Texas after pushing to defund the police. This is always my concern. These leftist places like California, New York, Portland, Washington will destroy their areas, ruin their lives, and then instead of saying, instead of sitting in their, in their, and wallowing in their destruction, they come over to Texas, they come over to Florida, they come over to Tennessee, and they say, all right, y'all need to do it too. And then we're going to take the good things y'all have and bring it over here so we can then destroy it again. 
The San Francisco Standard reported that for the first time, police officer candidates will be tested outside of California with a written test, a physical ability test, and an oral interview. A department spokesperson said that the trips are meant to lower barriers to entry, uh, to entry into the police department, speeding up the hiring process. A side note, notice they said a department spokesperson instead of a department spokesman. Isn't that weird? We're doing spokesperson instead of spokesman. It's always been spokesman, not spokesperson. Very, very disordered. The standard also goes on. It says recruitment push comes as SFPD faces staffing issues, leading the department to pay out millions in overtime annually. Between 2017 and 2022, they spent $88.9 million more on its employees, despite its staff working fewer hours. According to employee pay data from the city controls office, the, po- the police department has attributed the reduced hour work, work worked to a staff shortage. The Daily Wire reported, according to Supervisor Matt Dorsey, a former police communications staffer, the police department's full-duty police officers have been reduced by 335 from 2017. The city had 15, 1,537 officers as of January. A police staffing analysis estimated the city needed more than 2,100. That means they're down by 600 officers they need. 600 officers are down by. Following the death of George Floyd three years ago, San Francisco embarked on the then-popular defund the police movement. So, what does this tell us? Defunding the police is a bad idea. Because who are you going to call? You're going to call a community organizer? You're going to call a therapist whenever things got a hand? It doesn't work. It does not work. Now, again from the Daily Wire, Catholic Vote quotes, In July 2020, Mayor Landon Breed announced that $120 million would be cut from the police and sheriff's department. Quote, reforming our criminal justice system must go hand in hand with police policy changes and budget investments to make our city more equitable. End quote. She said, she goes on and says, by redirecting funding from law enforcement agencies back into the African-American community, we are putting our words into action and we are doing it by listening to a community that for too long has been unheard and un- un- under- underserved. A subsequent soaring in property crime rate forced Bree to reverse course and the police budget was actually increased. Again, all these people do these virtual signaling, write out all these things, but in the real world, all these ideas does not work. Does not work. All these ideas are just jokes. These ideas are just ways to symbol, to show a fourth your virtue. Say, hey, look, over here, I care about the issues you care about. I'm posting the black square. I'm putting the Ukraine flag in my bio. I'm putting the rainbow, f- I'm putting my pronouns in my bio. Nobody actually believes any of these things. They're all just, they're all just virtue signaling. They don't actually believe any of it. Because as soon as it comes to reality, they all give up. Because none of these ideas work in the real world. It's all fake. Now, lastly, the last thing I want to talk about here is, again, John Fetterman. We talked about this a couple of days ago about the dress code in the Senate, and the House, rather. That they're going to get rid of it because John Fetterman doesn't want to wear a suit. And I was giving a talk at St. John Vianney, the St. Anne's Society, to the moms there. And one of the things I was talking about was clothing. I was talking about the importance of clothing. And Senator John Fetterman put a tweet out saying that he was going to shut down the, that if the House stops and said, if those 
he basically gives an insult there. And the House, stop trying to shut our government down and fully support Ukraine. Then I will save democracy by wearing a suit on the Senate floor next week. And he put out a number of things, making fun of people about suits. He made fun of people in clothes. And he shows up in shorts and a hoodie, all these different things. And columnist Tim Murtaugh said, no one has ever been this proud of being a slob since a Muppet lived in a trash can. And it reminded me of the talk I was giving yesterday where Professor, I was reading a quote from Professor Plenio Correa de Oliveira who said that a vulgar man is he who sees a man wearing a suit and tie and thinks, I hate this man. He would like the man to have an open collar without a tie. If the properly dressed man takes off his tie, the vulgar man is not satisfied. Then he loathingly says, why doesn't he take off his jacket? If the vulgar man sees someone without a jacket, he says with abhorrence, why doesn't he wear his shirt outside his pants instead of keeping it tucked in? If he sees a man with his shirt tucked out, he says, why doesn't he wear blue jeans? He says, I am not describing here a person who is envious of the better dressed man because the latter has more than he does. Rather, the critical one is a person whose very constitution makes him feel co-natural with vulgar things. The more vulgar a thing is, the more pleased he is. And the more elevated a thing is, the more uncomfortable he feels around it because he identifies himself with vulgarity. This is exactly what John Fetterman is. John Fetterman is a vulgar man. And we do not desire to be vulgar men. Instead, let's be men of the sublime, men of God. And the dress maketh the man. So let's dress with dignity, recognizing that we are always in the sight of our king and queen in heaven. We'll be right back with Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today. Our family had been going through a crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, all religions believe basically the same thing. They only differ in their external forms, in the way they express it. G.K. Chesterton says the truth is precisely the other way around. The religions of the world do not differ greatly in rites and forms. They do differ greatly in what they teach. In most every religion, people pray, they sing, they read sacred texts, they honor their traditions, they have special feasts, they light candles and so on. But they don't teach the same things. They don't believe the same things. There's only one religion that believes that Christ is the Son of God, that he suffered and died for our sins and that he rose from the dead. Only one religion believes in one holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for religious vocations. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for vocations to the religious life? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. We are a young and diverse generation. 
helping those in need and promoting human rights. We care for the environment. We embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God, who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victories. If you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com. Hi, I'm Reina Marenko from St. Justin Martyr Parish with Houston Alif. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Crazy. It's always good to be here. A little breath of sanity in the world, right? So, praise be to God. And my little breath of sanity is every Thursday at... 7 o'clock Central Time. Our good friend, Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today, hops on with us and shares us some inspiring words and some good fruits of meditation. Good morning to you, Mr. Alan Smith. Good morning, Adrian. Uh, Welcome back. I always say welcome back. You know, you went away for a little while and you're back, but... I'm getting used to you being back, and um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, we always worry when you start to travel. Is he going to leave again? You're getting so famous. You always think, oh, he's going to be speaking here and speaking there. But uh, <laughs> it's good that you're staying close to home. So well, it's good. Speaking Thank- of uh, of traveling around and doing speeches, you're actually just getting back from your parish missions. Uh, tell me about how that all went. Well, it was uh, a resounding success. Whenever you uh, come into a parish and you present, uh, again, what I call, um, you know, the good stuff, um, you know, meditations on the holy face of Jesus, uh, meditations on the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, you know, you can't lose. Um, I add in meditations from St. Therese, the Little Flower, and of course, uh, the Venerable Fulton J. Sheen. So uh, we keep them busy. We keep them uh, wanting more. And uh, so I'm a blessed man. And uh, I get invited to bring my uh, show on the road. And I, I call it a show in the sense that you have to bring a lot of gear. People who see uh, the setup of the parish mission see the beautiful banners of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen and St. Therese of the Child Jesus and the Full Holy Face. I bring with me the relics of the Holy Face. I'm blessed in that I have a few relics and I set them up um, on a beautiful um, display where people can come and kneel before the relic and venerate the relic and pray. Um, again, we do that. And of course, I bring with me, you know, 30 uh, different Sheen titles, the books he wrote, and uh, of course, Holy Face prayer cards and chaplets. Uh, I even bring some of my hoodies from my business. Uh, people know me as the gas man. Uh, pray, trust, don't worry is my my motto that I wear on my shirt clothing. So uh, again, I bring everything. Uh, it takes a lot of work to set up, but uh, well worth it. And uh, again, it's a little village uh, in Ontario, uh, but yet uh, they came uh, in great numbers. So uh, we need missions. People are hungry for missions. They, they really want to hear presentations. The 
you know, the wisdom of Archbishop Sheen, the, the beauty of the Holy Face. So uh, it was a great, <laughs> it was a great day and I look forward to doing it again. So uh, uh, I try to do one a month and uh, happy balance, but uh, still, uh, again, I'll share with you uh, shortly some of the insights um, that I shared with people about devotion to the Holy Face. Yeah, that praise be to God. But before we do that, um, my favorite thing about giving talks is interacting with the people afterwards. Uh, what was kind of the the because you kind of you kind of learn a lot about what the average person is thinking and feeling whenever you go there. Uh, what did you kind of see there? Well, I just you know it's funny. I go back to basics, and yet people they always say, "Oh, you are so right." Like I talk about where's the crucifix in your life. Do you have a crucifix, um, you know, on your nightstand, on your desk? Um, you know, are they in your home? Are they on, is, is, is there a crucifix in every room? And uh, where are your holy pictures? Uh, you know, me being a plumber, I get into people's houses and I see that many, in many houses, the holy pictures have been taken down because uh, we're worried what the neighbors will think. Um, so it's that gentle reminder. Uh, but the one comment that I think really um, got people was I talked about uh, curiosity and it can be uh, a detrimental thing. Uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, shares with us, there's a beauty in not knowing. Uh, there's something about this holy innocence that we need to uh, strive for. And yet uh, many of people came up to me and says, when you talked about uh, curiosity, I, I thought I'm guilty of that. I got to know everything. I got to be up on the gossip. I got to, oh, find out about this, find out about that. Um, this call to the simple life of not knowing is a good thing. It's a good thing. So that was some of the feedback I got. And um, again, everybody just wants more Sheen. So they're always asking about the next book and the next release. But um, again, I've always got something for them for next year. And this is the second time I visited this parish. I gave a mission uh, a year earlier. And uh, so they had me back a second time, and they'll probably have me back a third time. So there's always new material to present. Alan, it's uh, it's pretty funny. The there is um, one of our friends commented, uh, "This isn't fair. My heart rate has uh, significantly calmed down since Alan started speaking." And your your lovely wife also said uh, that her heart rate has greatly improved since marrying Alan. Uh, praise be to God. I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, and we start off with all these bad news, and heart rate's getting up, and then Alan comes in, and you're like. Oh, okay. The world's not uh, this world's not that bad. It's not, it's okay. Uh, Alan, tell me about the Holy Face. Well, it, it is a devotion for our time. Um, you know, I think people uh, when COVID happened and we were in isolation. Uh, some people call it lock, lockdown. <laughs> uh, you can call it whatever you want, but uh, it was an opportunity to work on your. Uh, personal prayer, uh, you know, what devotions were near and dear to your heart. And uh, this idea of showing uh, the face of Christ um, was really came out during COVID. Um, this devotion to the Holy Face just started to take on a great appeal because while we were masking our face, covering our face, the Lord was, um, again, giving the, uh, I want to say, the opposite presentation of showing his face. And uh, so, again, it came at an appropriate time uh, in history uh, during COVID, uh, this resurgence of this beautiful devotion, which is an old devotion, uh, a devotion that was practiced by the saints, St. Saint Augustine, 
St. Therese of Lisieux, uh, St. Gertrude, St. Mechthilde, um, again, many popes. It's, it's an, a devotion that goes back to, of course, the veil of Veronica being given uh, to um, be housed in the Vatican. And, of course, it's venerated many times a year. So uh, it's a beautiful old devotion that is a devotion needed for today. Uh, because, really, the devotion to the Holy Face is to help make reparation for the sins against the first three commandments. And uh, we need to make reparation. And this this is the thing. God's holy name, the holy days of obligation, uh, the blasphemies that are uttered today, uh, we need to counteract that. And uh, we're in a spiritual war. So again, this devotion makes sense. And I think everybody's nodding their head as I speak about how uh, when you open your Bible, uh, I believe the word face is mentioned 840 times. And the word countenance is mentioned 101 times. So there's over 900 scripture passages that talk about the face of God. So uh, there's something there. The saints, the Bible, uh, again, it is a devotion for our times. Why do you think that um, people who, because I know so many Catholics, I mean, everybody, I don't think there's a single Catholic who doesn't know someone who has a huge devotion to St. Therese of Lisieux, yet St. Therese of Lisieux is known as a little flower. They, someone might know her as St. Therese of Lisieux of the child Jesus, but almost nobody, even in the pictures of her, they usually crop it it's in such a way that they don't see the image of the Holy Face and they don't recognize her as St. Therese Lisieux of the child Jesus and the Holy Face. And why do you think that is? Um, hard to say because I think sometimes we want to create the saints for our own lives. Um, you know, the cuteness of the child Jesus, the cuteness of St. Therese, the little flower. But when you, you embrace the holy face, now you talk about the passion, his suffering. Uh, again, we want to paint our own pictures, and maybe that's why. But St. Therese uh, was very adamant that when she took her profession and wanted, to, of course, to incorporate her religious name, she went and said, you know, no, no, I want to be St. Therese of the child Jesus and of the holy face. Um, her father had enrolled her in the Archconfraternity of the Holy Face. And so uh, even as a child, she started to meditate and pray with the image of the Holy Face. And of course, she loved the writings of Marie de Saint-Pierre, a Carmelite from Tours, who uh, the devotion of the Holy Face was revealed to her. And St. Therese actually had a locket of her hair that she kept with her. And so uh, she took this zeal that Marie de Saint-Pierre had uh, before her and uh, followed through with it in her religious life. And so uh, she loved the Holy Face, uh, you know, when you look at her writings. But again, I think it goes back to we want to paint our own picture of what, the, what we think the saint should be. Now, I think especially, I mean, oof, I don't even, we, I definitely will be talking about this um, either tomorrow or next week. There was in Louisiana this horrific, horrific image of this statue of Satan um, with uh, with our Lord's head uh, in his hands. And it was just absolutely blasphemous and horrible. And my immediate thought is, what greater devotion is necessary today than the holy face devotion, especially when we see things like that? 
our Lord's face was so wounded by the Romans, by the Jews. And now that we wound them over and over again, we don't stop. We don't stop. So tell me about this in, in regards to acts of reparation and acts of, of love and comfort to our Lord. Well, I think it was one of the great saints that I, I don't know who it was said that, you know, we crucified our Lord on Friday, but we as Christians crucify him again on Sunday. Um, again, by not going to Holy Mass, by making Sunday just another work day. Um, it, it's so sad. And yet, you know, we're called to action. We're called to be, um, again, more attentive, uh, more disciplined in making it to Mass, especially those holy days of obligation. Uh, we forget those. Um, are we making reparation when we're out on the streets? Like, um, how many times we hear blasphemy? I hear the Lord's name taken in vain uh, 20 times a day, I think, maybe even more. But I have an opportunity every day to make reparation by uttering a praise. Um, we say the words in Latin, sit nomen domini benedictum. You know, may the Lord, may the name of the Lord be praised. Um, Vado retro santana get behind me, Satan. Um, again, every time we hear a blasphemy, we should be uttering uh, a praise to God uh, to counteract that. And I think this is, uh, we forget that we're soldiers for Christ. Uh, we were all confirmed. I like to say we're all confirmed, but many of us were confirmed and we became soldiers for Christ. And so uh, these acts of reparation are so important um, because we have to realize to say, God made a day holy. Uh, he made his name holy. Um, and we need to reverence the holy name of Jesus. Um, again, the work is just begun, it seems, because the blasphemies are increasing. But Our Lady has called us to make reparation, and there are many apparitions all over the world. Uh, it's a constant message uh, from heaven to make reparation. So we have to do our part. Amen. Amen. I was thinking what you're saying that of St. Louis the Ninth. Whenever he was uh, trying to punish blasphemy in his, in his country and people started attacking him for it, he said afterwards, referring to this manner, he said, Would to God that my tongue should be pierced with a hot iron, if only by suffering this I might be able to root out of my kingdom every word of blasphemy or dishonor against God's most holy name. And when someone praised him for his zeal, he answered, I prefer to hear the maledictions that are poured forth against me when I cause to be executed the law I have passed than to hear the words of praise you have lavishing upon me. I think that's a beautiful thing, something that we should all keep in mind. Uh, but check out Bishop Sheen today. God bless you, Alan. God bless you. God love you. And everyone get a picture of the holy face in your house and uh, start to look upon the Lord and pray that prayer. Lord, show us thy face and we shall be saved. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Alan. We'll see you in the after show. And that's going to do it. BishopSheenToday.com. Bishop Sheen Today. Look it up. We're going to go into our Fear and Trembling game show. You could call in that number, 877-757-9424-877-757-9424. That's the number to call. To be part of the game show, we could be giving you a prize. Uh, that number, 877-757-9424. Make sure you call in that one last time, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Dan Tall Today Coaching Minute. 
Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Over the years, people were treated as less than human because they were a different race, a different faith, or vulnerable. But over time, we must learn that we are all God's children, created in His image, that all human creation has an inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, a right to love and be loved. So let's cherish the sanctity of life because we know how it feels when others treat us as less than human. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. That's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could win. It's really simple. All I got to do is pick up your phone and dial that number eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. And if you've called it in the past and it's been a little while, if it's been a few weeks, then make sure to call back in. We'd love to have you as a return guest on our show. That number eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. And if you've never called in before, or perhaps if you've never you are new to the Catholic Drive Time show as a whole, uh, call in eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. I'm thinking specifically of Amarillo. I mean, it's the morning, Amarillo, uh, so it's time to call in, 877-757-9424. We'd love to hear from you. Now, you may be asking, what exactly are you asking me to call in for? What is going on? It's really simple. We're Here I have in front of me three Catholic trivia questions. And the trick is, I'm not going to ask you the questions. Instead, I'm going to ask Rudy the questions. Rudy's going to give me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not Rudy is right or whether or not he is wrong, which means even if you just guess, there's a 50-50 chance of you getting the answer correct. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Thanks be to God. Our sponsor this week is Conversion Starters, and you're going to be able to win a prize pack from Conversion Starters. You might be wondering, what exactly is a conversion starter? Well, you can kind of take a little guess from the name. It's a conversation starter, but it's for conversions. Now, Conversion Starters makes evangelization easy and painless for everyone. Conversion Starters t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs, they catch people's eye, their attention, they pique their curiosity by featuring common questions about Catholicism, 
along with a very convenient website where they can go and read a brief and easy to understand answer to those questions. So you can be a billboard for Christ. Visit conversionstarters.com because Conversion Starters is evangelization for introverts. There you go. There you go. Uh, so praise be to God. Uh, you could be winning that prize from Conversion Starters. All you got to do is dial that number. I'll give it to you again, 877-757-9424. And I have good news for you because I'm checking out right now, and I'm seeing that right now the next person to call in will have the opportunity to be our winner this week. That number, 877-757-9424. That is the number, and you could be the winner. It's very simple. It's very easy. And it's a lot of fun. That number, 877-757-9424. So call in, and we'd love to chat with you, wherever you're calling in from. Now, if we don't get a caller, though, then we will play the game nonetheless. And we'll discuss the answers. And we will just put in the the, the, the answers. The uh, I will choose someone to uh, just get those little tickets. And I'm thinking... I'll probably give it to somebody in our in our CDT insiders chat. Ooh. That's probably, probably what I'll do. I think that's that'll be the play. Insiders uh, chat? Insiders How do you join chat. the insiders chat? Oh, well, it's really simple, actually. All you have to do is go to grnonline.com mm-hmm. forward slash CDT. And when you do so, you actually will have an opportunity to uh, be on our email list. And we send you an email every single Friday around noon and linked there is our actually a link to join our Telegram chat. And in our Telegram chat, we interact with the CDT crew all day long uh, during the weekends. Sometimes we even hop on video chats and things like that, uh, make special unique content that's exclusive to our CDT listeners uh, that are on our Telegram chat. But what if you don't have thumbs and you can't type in CDT, you know, grnonline.com forward slash CDT? If you don't have thumbs, I don't, do you need thumbs to be able to type? Well, I guess if you're typing on a keyboard. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the answer. You got to go on a keyboard. Oh, oh, I think you know, you're talking about your phone. I was thinking the uh, of a, a key. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking a physical keyboard. But no, you're right. I guess yeah. If you using your phone, that would make things difficult. I don't know what you would do. I guess you, there's some kind of accessibility um, option, I suppose. Right. Uh, voice to text. So. Voice to text. I guess. Use your index fingers. Oh, use your index finger. Yeah, just lay it flat and <laughs> type on that way. All right. Uh, joining us right now is Tony. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. Praise be to God. Is this our friends, uh, Kim and Tony? That's right. Praise be to God. Good morning. I haven't heard from y'all in a little while. It's good to hear his voice. You too. My dad just got a new car. Um, if he didn't hear. Well, praise be to God. That is awesome. Uh, I also got a new car and a great, m- massive uh, car bill that goes with it. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kim and Tony, y'all are veterans on the show. Y'all know how the game is played. Um, and I've got to tell y'all, I think that these questions will be super easy for y'all. I think y'all are going to ace these questions. They're not the easiest questions, but I think you're going to do great. Are you ready to play? Yeah, yep, I'll nail it. All right. I know he. W- I know you will. Uh, question number one for you, Rudy. Okay. From which group of citizens are the Swiss Guards recruited from? Mm, yes, they're actually French. I was thinking they that. are French, French Catholics, mm-hmm. and they recruit them specifically from a border town. 
near Switzerland. So really? not actually not actually Switzerland, wow. but France. Okay, and I guess maybe they uh, they train them in Switzerland. That's why they call them Swiss Guard, or what's up with that? Um, no, they just like the cheese. Oh, <laughs> it has nothing to do with it. Well, that's understandable. Yeah, they like the, I, I the cheese, that. Swiss cheese. Okay, well, there you go, folks. All right, Kim and Tony, 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, from which group of citizens are the Swiss guards recruited from? Rudy says it's actually France, but it's specifically a region of France that borders Switzerland, and those are the, where they get the recruitments from. Uh, what say you, Tony and Kim? <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, let's check out. Survey says... That is correct. That is correct. Uh, no, actually, it is actually Switzerland. It is, yeah. I mean, a pretty, pretty self-explanatory. I would say. I, I would argue. All right, you guys are doing great so far. That is a one hundred percent success rate so far. I'm, I'm seeing a, a uh, opportunity for three out of three. Is my guess. Are you ready for question number two? Yes. All right. Let's look at it. Question number two for you, Rudy. At what age is a cardinal no longer able to participate in the election of a pope? That's a trick question, Adrian, mm, because like it? the United States, okay, there is no term limit. There's for, no term yeah, limit. Yeah, there's no term limit for the cardinals, so they can vote all the way up till they die. Wow. Wow. That is, a, that is pretty old. That is pretty old. All right. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock, Kim and Tony. The question on the board is, at what age is a cardinal unable to participate in the election of a new pope? Rudy says, that's a trick question. They're always able to vote for the new pope. It's no term limits. Uh, what say you, Kim and Tony? He got it right. He got it right. Are you sure? Yep. All right. Let's see. A survey says... Wait, no, no, no. <laughs> no, the uh, the correct answer is actually 80. It's 80 years old. Yeah, when you, when you turn 80, you are no longer allowed to vote. Uh, that was actually changed by Pope Paul VI. He made it to the, the cardinal electors had to be under the age of 80. And the it was uh, changed a few times in terms of how many electors there could be and all these different things have all changed over time. It used to be the case that basically if you were a cardinal, you were a cardinal to the day you died. Uh, but now they kind of retire the cardinals, and um, they can make exceptions. But generally speaking, it's it's 80. It's 80. So don't worry, Kim and Tony. It's uh, not a big deal. I'm sure you're going to get this last question right. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, Rudy, for you, what is... The third highest choir of angels. The third highest. The third That's highest. That's going to be uh, powers. The powers. The powers. I can feel it. I can feel the power. Can you feel it? I can feel it. I'm the feeling power. it now. Especially when you say it like that. Get the it, power. You get to drop an octave. The power. The power. I say it like that. Otherwise, it's just kind of weird, right? All right. Kim and Tony, 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is which is the third highest choir of angels. So starting from the top and going down, the third highest choir of angels, Rudy says it's the powers. What say you, Kim and Tony? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a trick question. <laughs> um, 
I think I'm going to go for He Will Be Right. Are you sure about that? No, wrong. <laughs> All right, let's see. Survey says... That was a long drum roll. That is correct. Way to go, Kim and Tony. See, it was impossible to trick you. You just knew that one. That was easy peasy, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The third highest is actually the thrones. The thrones are the third highest. It is uh, the seraphim, the cherubim, then the thrones. And let's see if I can remember the other ones. It's dominions, principalities, powers, Archangels and then Guardian Angels. I think that's right. I think I nailed that. I'm pretty sure. I think I missed one. Uh, if I missed one, I'm going to get a bunch of people like yelling at me later. They're like, you missed one of them, and I, I probably didn't miss one of them. But I think that's it. I think that's the number. I should have looked it up. Uh, but very good, Kim and Tony. God bless you. You rocked it. Praise be to God. Uh, you're in two for three. How do you feel? Great. Great. We're actually going to be in Houston tomorrow for a wedding. Hey, praise be to God. Uh, what parish are you going to be at? Oh, my goodness, I'm not sure. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> well, if y'all like to swing by the studio, let us know. You can yeah, find my email at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. If you are in in time, we'd be, I'd love to say hi. Uh, but God bless you. God love you. Stay on hold. Okay, thanks. Thank you. And we are going to go to our after show. So if you can join us in the after show, we'd love to have you. Hop on YouTube, Facebook, and we'd love to chat with you directly. So hop on there, and it'll be a great time. Uh, but if not, we'll see you back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you. God love you. And we'll see you very soon. And remember, Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. Alleluia. Alleluia. Remember, I pray that God bless you and Mary Immaculate keep you under her mantle. God love you. And we'll see you in just a moment. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass live at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel, home of the Soul Community. Today we celebrate the Feast of St. Matthew the Evangelist. A Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is offered for those who are joining us on Guadalupe Radio online and those here present. The Church's one foundation is Jesus Christ her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. And with Ratho's blood he bought her, and for her life he died. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Kyrie eleison, Christ eleison, Kyrie eleison, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit. In the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who with untold mercy were pleased to choose an apostle, St. Matthew, the tax collector, grant that, sustained by his example and intercession, we may merit to hold firm in following you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, I, a prisoner for the Lord, 
urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another through love, striving to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, one body and one Spirit, as you were also called to the one hope of your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father for all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he gave some as apostles, others as prophets, others as evangelists, others as pastors and teachers, to equip the holy ones for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the extent of the full stature of Christ. The Word of the Lord. Their message goes out through all the earth. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims His handiwork. Day pours out the word to day, and night to night imparts knowledge. Their message goes out through all the earth. Not a word nor a discourse whose voice is not heard. Through all the earth their voice resounds, and to the ends of the world their message. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. We praise you, O God, we acclaim you as Lord. The glorious company of apostles praise you. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me, and he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today we celebrate this wonderful apostle, evangelist, somebody who followed Jesus and then really, let's say, took account of every single word that Jesus said in every single one of his actions, such that he would write them down for us in one of the most beautiful Gospels, the Gospel of St. Matthew, which is characterized as a man who's writing to his fellow Jews, trying to explain to him the law of grace, 
because that is what exactly what touched St. Matthew's life. The law of grace and the mercy of God. Matthew, of course, means, the name comes from, means gift of God. And he certainly became a gift, but certainly a very unlikely candidate to be a, an apostle. I like the way, and if you ever see the, the series The Chosen, he's sort of portrayed as this kind of autistic person. You know, very much sort of outside of, sort of the normal realm of what you would expect. And yet it is this person, this tax collector, who was, they were often referred to, they were always associated with those who were sinners and prostitutes and even called extortioners, the unjust adulterers. That was what a tax collector would be considered in the time of Jesus. I guess it would be something similar. Like you probably, if you had a choice, would on a plane would not sit next to somebody or get into a conversation with somebody who works for the IRS. You'd be very careful about what you said. He's like, well, maybe the next thing is going to, he's going to have a list of things that I need to pay. We don't really usually look at people who work with the IRS very favorably. It'd be something like, like that, St. Matthew. And yet Jesus called him. And not only just called him, but called him to be a close friend. It reminds us that really the good news is offered to everyone. That Jesus calls each of us to be his friends. No matter how odd we might seem to one another, he calls us to be intimate with him. And it is the good news which Matthew wanted to proclaim through his gospel, which is God offering his grace to sinners. Matthew realized that he was a sinner. I think perhaps some way that parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector that walk into the temple, maybe Matthew really saw himself in that parable. Maybe he, that was his experience, is that he didn't go there thinking that he was good before God. He knew that he needed God's mercy in his way of life. And, but he came before God saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that was the one who went home justified, not the one who seemed to have it all right and perfect, but the one who knew that he needed God's mercy and his grace. And I think that's Matthew, knowing his way of life, that he needed, that he needed God's grace. And Jesus, when he met Jesus, he recognized a man who was willing to look past his oddness and his, and his sort of very uh, tainted career and to see a man who had a heart, a heart who was really searching for the truth, the heart who, who was really searching for true riches. That being said, one of the things that really strikes us about the gospel and something that Caravaggio in one of his paintings really brings out so beautifully is that when Jesus called him, Jesus said two words, follow me. And that was enough for Matthew to get up at that moment and to follow Jesus immediately. It wasn't, well, let me think about it, or, gosh, I've got all these stuff I have to get done first. No, immediately he followed him. And then he, he at that moment, becomes an evangelist. In fact, he's bringing all these other people, you know, prostitutes and sinners and everything else, to say, to come down to my house, I want you to meet this guy. You know? And he already becomes, immediately becomes his evangelist, of bringing others to Jesus. But the fact that when he's called, he knows he has to leave behind his sinful life. He has to make this change. He has to make a clean break with sin, and he does. He doesn't sort of dilly-dally or sort of wishy-washy through it. It's like, no, I have to change my life, but I'm going to follow this man. And I know by following him that he will give me this lasting peace and joy and riches beyond measure. Let's ask St. Matthew that 
we too, in a very practical way, whatever sin that we tend to fall into or we might be attached to, that we may have the same uh, courage and let's say determination as St. Matthew did to leave it behind and to know that God has called each and every one of us and the people we meet to be a dear and close friend of Jesus like St. Matthew. Let's allow his gospel too to inspire us. It inspired so many saints like St. Dominic who memorized it and it touched our hearts. God's mercy is offered to each and every one of us. His loving presence uh, is given for each and every one of our souls to be saved. Let us bring our prayers and petitions before our Heavenly Father this day. Let us pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for our Bishop Michael, for all the clergy, for the people entrusted to their charge. Let us pray to the Lord. Through the intercession of St. Matthew, may the Lord inspire and raise up evangelists for our own time, those who give themselves completely to Christ, determined to bring others to the Lord Jesus. Let us pray to the Lord. We pray for an increase of vocations to the priesthood and to the religious life. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray for those who travel by sea, land, or air, for captives, for all held in prison, for all who suffer for their faith, who are persecuted. Let us pray to the Lord. For all of us gathered in this sacred place, those who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio, for the intentions we hold in our hearts and by faith and devotion and love and reverence for God, we may give him honor and praise and worship and glory. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Heavenly Father, we bring all of our prayers and petitions before you this day, confident that you hear and answer us through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine, a work of human hands, who become our spiritual drink. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. As we celebrate anew the memory of St. Matthew, we bring you sacrifices and prayers, O Lord, humbly imploring you to look kindly on your church, whose faith you have nourished by the preaching of the apostles, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For you have built your church to stand firm on apostolic foundations, to be a lasting sign of your holiness on earth, and offer all humanity your heavenly teaching. Therefore, now and for ages unending with all the hosts of angels, we sing to you with all our hearts, crying out as we acclaim, Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaho, Plenis Uncele et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, 
with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Recepti salutaribus moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater Noster, qui has in celis, sanctifice tuhur nomen tuhum, adveniad regnum tuhum, Fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra. Panem nostrum cotidianum, da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalum. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Power and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let's offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pace. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy to enter under my roof. Only say the word, and my soul shall be. I did not come to call the just, but sinners, says the Lord.
for those unable to receive communion and those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Let us pray. Sharing in that saving joy, O Lord, with which St. Matthew welcomed the Savior as a guest in his home, we pray. Grant that we may always be renewed by the food we receive from Christ, who came to call not the just, but sinners to salvation, who lives and reigns forever and ever. The Lord be with you. Bow down for the blessing. May God, who has granted you to stand firm in apostolic foundations, graciously bless you through the glorious merits of the holy apostle St. Matthew. Amen. And may he who endowed you with the teaching and example of the apostles make you under their protection witnesses to the truth before all. Amen. So that through the intercession of the apostles you may inherit the eternal homeland, for by their teaching you possess firmness of faith. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy God, we praise thy name. Lord of all, we bow. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance, Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Joan Smith from St. Elizabeth Ann 